Welcome to another episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. I am so excited for today's guest because he's been so hard to get on the show. Like before I came back to XPW Wrestling, I was trying to get an interview with Necro Butcher. Now he's a legend to me and it's like you don't see any real trace of him on social media. I mean, for crying out loud, the guy deserves like a shirt. And I don't know why Ringside Wrestling Tees hasn't jumped on that ship to at least make a shirt for him. Might be something to do, because I'd wear it. This guy is just an all-around badass, and I really mean that. I think part of his story sort of insinuates that he might have been the one that somehow contributed to the whole concept slash term backyard wrestling before it was backyard wrestling. Anyway, that's enough. I just think it's time to bring him on. Let's welcome to the show, Necro Butcher. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this. I know I've been like trying to make this happen and all the fans are asking about Necro Butcher. So it's interesting. How did you even come up with a name like Necro Butcher? <laughs> well, I didn't. Uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, I can hear you fine. Oh, no, I can't. Okay. Yeah. I, actually, I didn't. When I started wrestling, I was in the military, and this was in Dallas, Texas. And, of course, they gave me a military-type Army character, which I, I, didn't, I didn't like at all. And, uh, you know, I, there was no escape. I was doing the same thing in wrestling as I was doing every day at work. You know, I didn't like it at all. And uh, it was a different time back then. You didn't really pick what your name was or what moves you did even. Or and you didn't pick, you just did what you were told no matter what. You know, I remember I was talking to the guys that ran the show. And I said, look, you know, uh, anything that comes up, it's a, a cowboy, a pirate, a ballerina, anything, 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 I'll, I'll do it. And at, at the time, I was using my real name. I was uh, Private Dylan Summers was my wrestling name. And they said, uh, give us a couple weeks and we'll come up with something new. And a couple weeks went by. And they said, all right, your new wrestling name is going to be Private Dylan Sanders. You know, so their way of saying, shut up, you know, do what you're told. And then uh, this was... Uh, before there was such a term as backyard wrestling, there was, uh, some kids in Fort Worth and they used to rent Johnny Valentine's ring. Like Johnny Valentine would come set the ring up in these kids yard. And then at a certain point in time, he'd come pick it up, you know, and they had like, you know, birthday parties or whatnot, just kids. Well, uh, one time Johnny Valentine got sick and never came, got the ring for eight months. He didn't come get the ring. So what do people, what do kids do with a wrestling ring in their backyard? They started running wrestling shows. You know, I can remember uh, uh, Red Dog and Jazz wrestled there. Uh, Brian Nielsen wrestled under a mask. He was the American Dragon. Uh, Spanky wrestled there. Like they, they would, uh, you know, the the local uh, the NWA show was on a Friday night. And these guys would run shows in this backyard on Saturday morning. So a lot of guys that were in town for the NWA would stay over to make extra money at this, what was now soon be known as uh, a backyard show. And a guy who I was wrestling with uh, wanted me to come down. It was it was their idea. It was, they said it's something different than the Army gimmick. And I, I just jumped. You know, At the time, I was wrestling maybe once every couple months. You know, and this was something more. You know, it was never supposed to go anywhere. It was the, the Necro Butcher character was just supposed to be ring time for Private Dylan Summers. You know, just being in front of a crowd, doing something besides you know training in the, in the barn all the time and in, the, in, the, in this ring. So it was, it was just about ring time. And uh, this is when the backyard wrestling thing was just starting to get noticed. And uh, uh, local news affiliate came to the came to the show to watch this backyard wrestling show well then of course the nwa promoter in texas had saw this news broadcast and just 
you know, it's like a, like the proverbial snowball down the hill. Things got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then pretty soon no one was calling that private Dylan Sanders guy to come wrestle their show. They were all calling this necrobutcher guy. So it just it just did, had a life of its own. It wasn't even a planned thing, but now here we are, almost 25, 30 years later. So some decisions in life are ones that are made for you, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And you said a few interesting things there. So first of all, how long were you in the Army for, and what did you do? Besides butchering people, possibly, but... In in the military? The military, sorry. <laughs> yeah, how long were you? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, well, I was in from... Uh, just just four years just four years it wasn't uh it wasn't something i thought would be fun but this was back when minimum wage was a whopping 425 an hour and i i had a, a wife and uh two kids and she was pregnant and for 425 an hour you really had to work a lot of hours you know you'd have to work 60 70 80 hours to get a hundred dollars 120 dollars you know you really had to work and it just it just wasn't, it just wasn't meeting the bills, you know, and I, I tried a few things and nothing would really give me the hours that I needed because minimum wage was so low. You know, this was a very, very small town in West Virginia, you know, and the army's always hiring. So that's what I did. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something, it was never, uh, you know, other than playing as a child, it was not something I intended to do as an adult at all. I was just, you know, trying to take care of the kids. Uh, my official job was cannon crewman, but I, I did I did a lot a lot of a lot of other things. That that was my official job title. Huh, interesting. I mean, I have a lot of respect for um for vets. So thanks for your service, even though you didn't want to be there. Like anytime I see military guys at the airport, I always stop them. Sometimes I take a photo, but I always thank them for their service because it's important. It's a very brutal thing. I have friends that were affected by PTSD, oh, yeah. and it's a, it's a serious thing. So this is why when Young kids say, I'm traumatized or PTSD. You don't know what the hell PTSD is until no. <laughs> you've been in that zone. And half of them are so freaking lazy. They don't even want to get up their asses and go enlist in the military. You want a free education? That's how you get yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I'm on my rants now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so <Your podcast. laughs> yeah, I'm serious. But with the, uh, did you even get wrestling training or you just trained in this backyard where you were doing things Did you like teach each other things? Cause I see, I hear so many different stories about people's training and everyone has a different one. Yours has got to be interesting. Oh, That's what I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, with the wrestling. Okay. Uh, at this point I was living in Texas, you know, and uh, I'm just poor country boy, but the army was a lot of money for me. So what does uh, a country boy do but buy toys? So I bought a big satellite dish to put it in my yard. This was before you direct TV dish network, that kind of stuff where a satellite TV was this great big thing in your yard, you know, that rotated and I could watch all kinds of wrestling doing this. I was watching, you know, stuff from Memphis. I was watching stuff, you know, from continental wrestling. There was like nine hours a week of Mexican wrestling on there. There was all kinds of stuff. And I got to, uh, trading tapes with with uh kid you know, vhs's and stuff i get japanese tapes and old madison square garden tapes and all that kind of stuff and i ended up i was getting weekly uh all japan tv new japan tv and i began selling tapes to guys that were training in dallas you know because they wanted to see the japanese style the moves and just through constantly communicating with these gentlemen in Dallas, you know, they said, Hey, you should come up and try out. This was, it was the sportatorium in Dallas is where I went for my tryout. And you know, the army was paying the bills. I had no intention of this. I had no idea wrestling would even work out. You know, it was a lot different then. back then you gave them a bunch of money up front and they beat you up and that was it. And you left, but they had money. You know, it's now. That guy will send you along for payments, you know, four or five months, and to say you're a wrestler when all they really did was take it easy on you to take to keep steady paychecks coming in, smaller checks. So I went up there, and I think it was 
2500 down I had to give them before I even walked in the building, $2,500, you know. And, and, of course, they beat the hell out of me. Of course they did. But at the end of the day, they asked me a question I was completely unprepared for, and they were laughing when they said it. They said, well, are you coming back next week, Dylan? And I said, well, go on. Sure. You know, I, I didn't think that was an option. I thought the beating was to tell me to not come back. But I just said in my head that I'm just going to keep coming back until they tell me not to come back. And they never did. And then again, I say, here we are 30 years later. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, especially with death matches, like fans that do watch XPW, you people are fucking sick. You're like sicker than I am in the head. And trust me, when I go, I go. But you people are out of your minds because you watch other people like beat the shit out of each other. Cause there are a lot of fans that sit there that probably want to be like in your seat or in your stand, I guess, wherever your feet are in the ring and it'll never happen because they're two chickens. So it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. Now, the producer of my podcast watched part of the XPW show and he felt really concerned for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, I don't know. Then you have girls like Minnie Knuckles going in there. Like those girls are brutal. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams or in your younger version of yourself that you would still be doing this after all these years? It's, it's, it's insane. No. no. And I didn't start out like this in Texas. Wrestling wasn't like this in Texas when I started, but uh, the, the best place uh, to make money in Texas at that time was Houston. Houston had the biggest crowds but Dallas had TV. And after a few years, I was doing main events in Dallas and Houston. And I thought, okay, well, what's next? Is this, is this the end of it? Is this, is this as far as I can go? And I thought, no, I want to, I want to try, you know, there's stuff on the East coast, the Midwest. So I sent tapes out to people, you know, back then you had to send a VHS, you'd send a VHS with, you know, what you thought were your three best matches you know, you send it out, and then that's how you went to a, a new place. Now you can just uh, send them a link. There's YouTube. You don't got to send anybody anything anymore, but it, it was a lot different then. That's And I went to a place in the Midwest. I went to IWA Mid-South. They were like in Louisville, Kentucky, around that area. I wrestled there once. And I was always in the, okay, I was always in the opening match, uh, not making a lot of money, but it was, you know, I was working my way up. And I would see the guys in the main event doing these what later we call death matches. They were there wasn't even a word for them back then. There was that style of wrestling. Deathmatch, the word deathmatch came later, you know. But I'd see these guys when they were in the main event and they were making money. And I thought, well, okay, this is where I'm at. If I want to be successful and be serious about this, I have to get in there and, you know, try my best against the best guys where I'm at. And like I said, sometimes the best decisions are ones that you don't make. They're made for you. I was not trying to be a deathmatch wrestler per se, but I wanted to be a main event guy and that's where I was. So that's what I did. Yeah. It's amazing. I have a lot of respect for that for any guy that steps in the ring or woman that does that. I mean, cause I think every girl on that show that's wrestling for XPW has gigged at some point. And I miss sending in tapes. Like I remember sending in VHS tapes when I was at XPW. I remember sending them into like WCW, WWF, <laughs> like all, but I ended yeah, up in the, yeah. but I ended up in ECW, which is like way cooler. Like I could say I was a part yeah. of that. I mean, who'd want to work with like that? That's so boring. Did you ever have aspirations of wanting to work for, um, for Vince McMahon or something like that? Uh, well, I went to a couple, uh, I was an extra a couple of times and I guess it was 98 or 99. They used to have a show called, uh, uh, it was a shotgun Saturday night or something like that. And they just, they called me and I went there. I think it went three times. Uh, the first two times they didn't use anybody at all. They called four guys and they said, we're here in case you, we need you, but we're not doing anything with you. And then like the third day, they used two of us, but we also got paid the same whether we wrestled or not. But really that was, you know, and, and that, uh, and I kind of had a, a, a kind of defining moment in my life happened at these, at these uh, WWF, these back, it was WWF. But, uh, uh, 
I was real good friends with Sean Hernandez. He was uh, Stuff Hernandez was his name. Uh, I think he's with uh, Mama now, the tag team. But we used to travel together a lot. And on the show where they used two guys and didn't use two guys, he was one of the two they used. I think he wrestled Crash Holly, I think, on that one. And uh, I guess uh, Kevin Kelly was talking to Hernandez. And he said, what's with that guy with uh, all the giggles in his head? He's kind of scary. And, and I really didn't have my wasn't all cut up back then. This was, you know, 20-some years ago. And I thought about it, and I thought, well, if the if, if my head is too cut up now, you know, I'm if, if that's what's going to prevent me from coming here, then I need to embrace what I have going on. If I they want, if they think I'm this scary monster now, then I'm just going to be that scary monster. I'm going to be in the matches with the with the chairs and the blood and all that. And it's just uh, just you know, reacting to the situation I was in. Yeah, it's a very interesting one indeed. I mean, I, I never thought that I'd find myself back at XPW after all these years, but you just <laughs> never know. I love Rob now. I love being there and just seeing the progression of women's wrestling. What are your thoughts on, uh, actually, a few things. First of all, I keep looking in your background. We'll talk about that after, but um, what are the thoughts that you have on women's wrestling now with these girls getting brutal? I mean, they're amazing. Boy, it's uh, and I've known I've known these girls for a long time, both uh, Nikki and uh, Lou Dark. I've known those girls since they were like seventeen, <laughs> and I, I watched all this. Part of me is like about watching, and part of me is also concerned for them because some of the things they do are just very, very dangerous. But I mean, it's what. Uh, that's what the guys are doing in the main event, so that's what the girls are going to be doing, too. Yeah, but like Minnie Knuckles, she's scared. I mean, I was very scared for her. I, I mean, those girls, like her and Sage Sand, it's just, she reminds, I'll tell you what Mickey reminds me of. She reminds me of our version of Abby the Butcher. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he's something else. He's I worked with him many stuff. times, and he's one of the nicest people. And it was just really, I remember working on an indie show with him, and there was some kid who was really green in the dressing room. He plays peekaboo with the Iron Sheik. And you don't do that to the Iron <laughs> Sheik. And the same time, I think he was in a match with Abby. And I remember after the match was over, Abby was like telling him, you have to do this. Like he told him. And the kid just seemed like it was going, going like in one ear, out the other. So I pulled him aside, even though I was sort of new myself. I said, these guys are old school. Like, you don't know what you're getting. This is you have to respect what they're saying. And nobody walks up to the sheep and puts their eyes on him and goes, peekaboo. You just don't do that type of shit. Um, what would you say? What, is there anywhere you'd like to work that you haven't worked? Because I feel like you've been everywhere. Were you in CCW, right? Back then? You off for a good while. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. For a good while. And then like... When you guys started your stuff in Philly, I moved to Texas pretty well right away. So I was kind of gone, you know, right where, right when you started your stuff. But that's the same time frame. That was, that was when I was in CCW for a while. Yeah. Like, cause they have, uh, I think next, next month they're having their big, uh, tournament of death and they're, they're making a big deal about this being the, uh, the 20th anniversary of the tournament of death. And I thought, Christ, I was in like the first three or four of those. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's just it's it's just really weird. Yeah, where are you going? You know, I was uh I'm I'm in entering the tournament. I'll be there. It's uh the 29th of October. Yeah. I'm in the damn the death tournament. Dying again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for uh, for a while I was in a hospital, but I got I got really sick. You know, I, I thought wrestling was over a long time ago. You know, I had a girlfriend. I was trying to have a normal life, you know, regular job and all that. And then I then I got sick, and I got really, really sick. You know, I was down to about 160, ended up with uh, I got all four stage three is all the further I got. And then just uh, as 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 quick as I got sick, I got better. And I thought, well, what? Uh, you know, I saw some of the stuff going on. The guys doing it now, and I thought I, I can do that. You know, so. Just uh, taking it uh, like second chance. You know, to appreciate it more. 
be careful. Maybe I just watch Rocky like too many times, but I just, I I've never been to a CZW show. I thought Zandig was hot like a long time ago. I don't know what he looks like now. I'll have to, maybe I'll go check out the show. I don't know. Um, same only older. He what? He looks like Van Wilder. The same only older. Well, does he have like a the same only older? Does he have a beer belly? <laughs> Did he put on weight? Does he look slightly? Bad? Just a little bit. Little. Is he balding? A little bit. Oh, okay. No, never. Mind. Uh, he, he looks the same. He's the same. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know, but yeah, I I used to watch those shows yeah. and I would get sque I'd get squeamish around that, and then to come into this like the first XPW show back, we have a a deathmatch tournament. I'm like, okay, well this will be okay. Next thing I see like shower doors. I see everything else. It's like, what are these people gonna do next? You know. Where would you, where do you think you've actually worked where you felt, which match, let me rephrase this, which match do you feel might've been your most, um, holy shit moment where I don't know if I'm going to pull out of this one, or maybe I just won't do this again. Has there ever been that moment in your mm -hmm. career? Cause I'm sure everyone's had it. There's been, a, there's been a few rough ones, you know, but every, that's the thing with, uh, when you're dealing with glass and, you know, things like that, you can't. You can't predict what's going to happen. You might be lucky for a while, a good while, but, but sooner or later, your luck does run out, and you can get seriously injured uh, really quick. And I have had a, I've had a few injuries, but obviously not enough to scare me away. Yet. <laughs> so. I get scared every time I see you go in the ring, like you, Schlack, everyone else. And the last time, like, I swear, everyone's asking to bring weapons to the next XPW match. No, you need to bring a handheld vacuum for the ring crew. I had a shard of glass <laughs> in my back when I got up. Like, that was not yeah. fun. But it's always a risk when you go in there. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't wrestling? Would you maybe be a baseball player or a politician or something cool like that? Uh, I've worked baseball for a few years. Uh Currently, the public address announcer for a, a minor league team up here, the Mechanicsburg Cardinals up here in Mechanicsburg, PA. I've done a uh, grounds crew for a few years for in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, for the Dayton Dragons. I was in, uh, I was a ticket taker at the gate for for a season. It's it's really strange because I worked on the grounds crew for uh, I think seventeen and eighteen, and then I started getting sick, so I, they moved me to. Uh, tickets and then i got too sick to do that so then in february of uh, i resigned from the team i said look i'm too sick i can't work and then i think it was maybe march of 2001 they canceled minor league baseball anyway you know so the whole the whole all all of minor league baseball was canceled you know the same time i got sick the whole country got sick just a, a different way so i don't know i enjoy being around baseball but a lot of that's because i'm not any good at it <laughs> I'm a good fan. I'm a fan of a player. Isn't it crazy how that works out? I'm, I love. I like baseball too. I grew up watching the Yankees and stuff like that. I be. I don't want to play like softball or anything like that. Or I'm just really bad at baseball. I'm good at uh, wrestling. Then I'm good at. Uh, you know, I'm good at other things, but just not that. Did you like when you were a kid? And when I say kid, I'm not talking our twenties. I'm saying younger. What did you actually want to be? Like when you go back to your much younger version of yourself. Like, what did you really want? Honestly, I wanted to be a commentator. You know, I, I was a small kid, and this whole, uh, there were guys under 200 pounds back then. You know, if you were under 200 pounds, you were a referee. You know, there was, it's, now you have guys wrestling like 150, 160, and it's, it, it's common, but it wasn't common back then. So uh, I tried to, you know, learn the moves and the history of these guys and the places they'd been in the championships. And I, I became like a wrestling nerd, you know, because I wanted to be a, a, a commentator. So I, I thought I had a potential with that because that's really what I was trying to do. Probably, uh, probably high school age, like in high school, I was still entertaining these thoughts, <laughs> being a wrestling commentator in high school. Well, you never know. Maybe it's, you know, never too late. I see a lot of people that were a lot of wrestlers that are now commentating and so forth. So you never yeah. know. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just, <laughs> I pray for you every time you go out there and that's the truth. Um, <laughs> 
So where would do you, do you ever anticipate this would be a great way to make a living and just doing wrestling and then doing, do you do signings at all? Do you do appearances? And if you do, what's the weirdest thing a fan has ever done or given you as a gift? Uh, I did a couple of those. It just makes me feel weird. You know, like if someone, if someone sees me at a show, sure, I'll sign something for you. But I just, I just never, you know, I did one of those signing things and I felt really weird. And the promoter said, oh, don't worry, you'll get the hang of it. So I did another one and I felt worse. <laughs> I've, I've only done two. I, I, I just feel weird, you know. Uh, that's not who I am. You know, I, I never, uh, I just want people to watch me wrestle. Just watch, be entertained by my match. And if you see me somewhere, sure, I'll take a picture. I'll sign something. We'll have a beer together or whatever you want. But I just, I'm just, I'm just not, a, I'm just not a, uh, I'm just not a big social guy like people might think, you know, I, I don't like to be in the ring. I'm kind of in control of what's going on. Nothing's going to happen in the ring that I don't want to happen. But when sitting at a table and all these people could come up, they could come up and they could ask me questions. You know, I just, it, it's intimidating to me. I can't do it. Really? But you could ask someone yeah. with a chair, right? And like a million chairs come flying into the ring, right? Well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> happened a few times. It's, but you're not intimidated by that physical aspect. But yet, you're intimidated by nerds. Um, you know, probably 40% of them live in their parents' basement or something, but you're intimidated oh, yeah. by them. <laughs> but I get yes. it. You want your yeah. own narrative. But that's, that's like, that's just, I can't understand that. You'd probably make more money than I would selling a photo because you don't show up to those. And it's like a rarity. I'm telling people, you, uh, but I don't blame people, you for slightly yeah. scared. I'm, I mean, if I'm not wrestling, I'm happy just watching a baseball game or just being a hanging out in my room or, you know, uh, big, I'm big Jeopardy nut. You know, I watch Jeopardy. So just, uh, just television, beer, baseball. I'm happy. I don't need all that. So what's that on the wall behind you? Because I'm seeing all these action figures that looks like my doll chest. I have vintage <laughs> Barbies, so I just yeah. What are those? Are those dolls? Th those are those are that is uh they're called starting lineups. They're from uh, Kenner made. They're from 1990. They're all baseball players. Okay. So I'm I'm just a nerd. So if if you look around my room, uh, my room is like a 12 year old boy's room. There's you know. Pictures, base baseball players, baseball cards, uh, posters. You know, nothing. I, I I have my own place. I can do what I want. So it's like a little kid's place. It's a man cave. I have three Mickey Mantle signed baseballs, actually. So there you go. Yes. You know, when I was sick, when I was sick, I was in bed, and I was I didn't feel like this. I didn't used to hang stuff up, but uh, when I was sick and in bed. Uh, it used to make me really feel good. I would look at things and remember things. So then, as I just kept doing, like I look, I like to put things around me that I like to look at. It makes me, you know, even though I'm not sick anymore, I still like to do that. I still like to, I like to look at things and feel good about what I see. So yeah, I, you know, I put these toys and posters and whatnot, and it makes me happy. I think we all have a little bit of kid in us. Like I still have like Barbies. I have Casper stuff from when I was a kid and Ziggy. You remember Ziggy, that comic, that weird guy? Yeah. All guy, very, a little short. Yeah. It's kind of down on life sometimes. Like if it were up to me, I'd have photos of Big Joe, but I can't because I don't think there are any photos of him out there that are actually nice to hang up in the room because he's all covered in blood all the time. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> did you ever find, like, is there ever a time in your life during your career that you were single and then it's super hard to explain to people what you do. Cause it's gotta be really tough. I know I've heard stories from both sides. I generally don't unless they corner me, you know, I'll tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm going to Detroit for a couple of days. Hey, I'm going to Mexico for a week. You know, if they, if they corner me, I'll get real. I'll, I'll get in detail. I generally just don't volunteer that about me unless someone really you know corners me pins me down <laughs> what are you doing or or I get, I get recognized or something like that if i get recognized of course i'll you know i'll confirm their suspicions wait a second so you could date someone and they don't ever ask you what you do do you just tell them like okay this is what i do during the week so you never tell them anything about wrestling because i would imagine and i'm coming from my viewpoint <laughs> 
It's been super hard to explain to some of these idiots out there that want to go out with me. Then I'm explaining the wrestling on the weekend. I'm explaining this and they don't fucking get it. So do you ever have that where you get a hard (laughs) time? (laughs) It has probably been, uh, let me think here. Uh, It's probably, and this is a horrible thing to admit, but it's probably been at least maybe more than 20 years since I dated someone who didn't approach me first at a wrestling show. So they kind of know anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't really talk to anybody. I don't go up to girls at a bar. I don't do that. I don't do that. Why are you afraid of a girl comes talk to me at a wrestling show? I I just don't, I just never have. I just never have. Well, how do you girl come up and talk to me? What? I said, generally, the women I find up dating and in relationships with are women that have approached me at a wrestling show. So they generally have a good idea of what's going on. You, know? you see, it's been I'm a long jealous. time. I'm jealous of you now because I wish guys would come up to me at a fucking wrestling show that I'm working in that like that are hot that want to talk to me. You know, you you have it a little bit better than I do in that respect. Um, then with this. I just brought up cancel culture. Now I've seen cancel culture affect things all around the world in every oh, aspect. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. It's, it's really disgusting. And it's usually like, I, I feel it does this trend of victimization that's going on. And if you play, you're a victim, you'll get the attention, but you need to validate yourself somehow, especially online. So you feel relevant now with cancel culture. Do you think it's affected wrestling in some ways aside from, you know, you know, Drake is coming to work for us, right? WWE Drake, he was canceled. Yeah, I'm, great, yeah. I'm, good I'm excited. Great yeah. Uh, do you think it's ca- it's definitely affected wrestling well, in many ways? The... Well, of course. I mean, look, look at those uh, those dark side of the ring uh, TV shows. You know, again, twenty years later, everybody hates Ric Flair. You know, not not because they talked to anybody that was on that flight, you know, not because they you know, they saw a TV show and the TV show said Ric Flair acted acted like Ric Flair, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's the same thing you hear. I mean, thank God social media wasn't around back then. Where what would have happened? What would our history of wrestling look like if this stuff was around back then? Yeah, it's like, I feel as though uh, being a victim is righteous these days for people. But when you have a victim mentality, everyone, you will go around life being that and it's not a good look. But most importantly, I think these things should have like a statute of limitation. So basically, I can't go 30 years back and say like Dustin Hoffman harassed me, which he didn't, by the way. But it's this thing (laughs) that just keeps coming over and over and... I just hope it doesn't impact us in any way, shape, or form. Have you ever been affected by cancel culture by anything you've said or done? <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, cancel culture. It's it's it, that's kind of a glossy term, but what's really happened in our society? It's become okay to lie about someone you don't agree with, you know, and uh, uh, comparing the right with the left. Uh, the right wing and the left wing uh, conservatives. We generally feel that liberals are good people with bad ideas. Their ideas are dumb. It's not going to work, but uh, liberals think conservatives are bad people and we have to silence them. Uh, we have to maybe even assault them. We have to cost them. We have to make them lose their job. We can't let them talk in public. You know, we, they must be silenced and that's just, that didn't used to be like that. It, it did. You used to you could you could disagree with someone. Hell, you could even argue with them and laugh at them. But now it's not like that. Now you have violence committed. You know all these slander campaigns against people that are they're proven wrong, but then no one's ever held accountable for anything. It's the it's the victimization. Like you said, that's why COVID is so popular. There's people that'll never take their masks off. They'll never take their masks off. You know, you have these 25-year-old, 25-year-old kids who they're immunocompromised and you have to put your mask on for them. They're, you're bullying them by not by not wearing a muzzle. 
because they want they want to be victimized. It's the fetishization <laughs> of victimhood. You know, yeah, it's true. And with it's this whole fetish. mask thing, I mean, a woman, two women held their arms like this. So I couldn't go up the street I live on because I didn't have a mask on. Yeah. I just hit her. I said, get the fuck out of my way because I live here and I'm not going to put a mask on. But you should because your husband has to look at you. So you should keep a mask on. But I feel bad for a lot of people who got, you know, who when you're like just in a house watching a TV and that's all you have and you forget about H1N1, yeah. you forget about all that stuff that more people died from that, but there's no lockdown. It just brings you back to this whole thing of common sense. Now, I feel as though a lot of these younger kids today are very seduced by um, the dark side of things. We had dark side of the ring and we had dark side of the 90s. So at the same time, the very thing that yeah. you people are criticizing, not that people listen to this, absolutely not, but they criticize it. But at the same time, it somehow titillates you because it's something you've never lived through and will never be so cool to do, which is what I think is going on. Um, I don't think XPW is going to suffer too much cancel culture. I mean, I think we've basically done it all. And what was it like? Have you worked for Rob before or has this been like the first stint? And what was your first impression of Rob Black? <laughs> Uh, I had I had worked for XPW before, but it was after he had left the company. I oh wait, think, he left uh, the company. Oh, okay. When you okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that but that, that was a little while ago. This was, was oh my god, I don't know, maybe almost twenty years ago. It was he for a short time, and, and that's when uh, the uh, I went I went had a match with Supreme. I think it was called. Cold Day in Hell or something like that, I think it was called. But it was a long time ago. He wasn't around. So in my XPW experience, uh, I had never even spoken with him until until recently. And he just, uh, he hit me up on my, hit me up. Uh, someone gave him my number and uh, he just called me and we were talking and we he talked about things he wanted to do. And I was just, you know, blown away that he had me in mind for all these things. So... You know, I'm, I'm uh, waiting with uh, bated breath like all the rest of us to see where this is going. I mean, we have something, what, uh, the 20, October 22nd, we'll be back out there in yep. uh, Pomona. And then November 12th. And, uh, yes, November 12th. And the other guys are, you know, <laughs> guys I are, can't those, wait those for November 12th. It's going to be crazy because I can't wait to see Drake. Yeah, it's going to be so badass. I'm like so excited. I mean, we're going to make wrestling great again. It's so perfect. So, yes, I'm excited. But did you think Rob like, well, people get different impressions of him. I thought he was uh, very interesting when I first met him and very cool. Did you get any impression of him that he knew what he was doing or maybe that he's a bit, you know, out there? Well, he's he's, uh, he's a bit hyperactive, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to get him to slow down if you, you, if you want to get an answer from him. Sometimes he's, he's got so much stuff going on and he's all over the place. But, I mean, we'll, I mean, and, and everybody's, you know, but people need to realize, yes, he's doing the show in New Jersey, but the past few shows we've done out in L.A., they've ran shows right down the road. You know, this isn't, he's not just doing this unprovoked. They, they've been taken, they, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens. You know, the truth is there's enough, Rob's a very smart guy. I, I get it. The hyper, all the hyperness comes from creativity. I have the same issues. People think it's, oh, it's cocaine. No, it's hyper. And I have a super hyperthyroid. <laughs> so just the other day, yeah. I only had like one hour or two hours of sleep, but I'm next up next morning, like just doing things that I have to get done that I know I can do right. So I think Rob is one of the most creative people that there's no real um, senseful extreme stuff being done on the indie circuit. And I'm glad we're running New Jersey. He has a fan base there. And what indie promoters need to understand is that there is plenty of room out there. You don't have to go picking yeah. on people's wives, people's girlfriends, and just wrestlers in general. You know, you could be cool and work with one another or be a bitch. Yeah. But well, I think I mean, he, he's done this before. And what experience do these other guys have at, uh, at, at, at interpromotional warfare? They have no experience. They don't, they don't know what they're getting into. Man, it's not fair to the fans to do that because then fans have to pick or choose. 
you know, where they're going and so forth. Or when you run head to head with like when I had 3PW, some people would run head to head with me, certain people who had, you know, like little kids and stuff. But it was the stupidest thing because then you're making the fans choose. So just run back to back. So the night before XPW is uh, PWU, which we have a really great relationship with. And then the 22nd is the third uh, Hollywood Halloween in hell. I was at the very first one years ago, uh, 23 years ago. Wow. 23 fucking years. Yeah. 23 years ago. (laughs) And here I am back. I'm fucking old. Yeah. Damn straight. I'm freaking old. But you know what? Guess what? It's cool because at least we lived in an era before cameras in an era before cancel culture and in an era before every fucking woman out there. Most of them want to go out there and accuse any guy that looks at them wrong in such a way that like you're castrating men, you're castrating them because they will not come and talk to you now. But I guess this, this is whole, like I have my theories and stuff like that, but um, yeah. So <laughs> getting back to wrestling. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. And where could fans usually see you? If, like where do fans look for you online and do you interact with people online or not? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah. You know, uh, when baseball season's over, I'll, I'll be in my room uh, staring out the window waiting on spring to arrive. Going down to the last two. I'm a big Cardinals fan. So the last two uh, home games at Bush, I'll be going down there on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And then we'll see how the postseason shakes out. But I don't really get out. Uh, you know, I, I was... Uh, you know, I, I just uh, I keep a low profile. <laughs> keep a low profile. I don't. I don't need any attention. I don't blame you. There's nothing really interesting outside anyway. Um, so that's good to know. And I don't blame you for not interacting too much on social media. It's tedious. And guys, I like talking to some of you guys on Instagram. But the next time I get a dick photo, I'm going to post it. and I'm going to find out where you live and post <laughs> that shit on there too. I've outed guys like that before on my social media, and I'll what? do it over what? and over. So. With all of this, what do you see yourself doing? Like, what do you do when you're actually at home? Do you go to Cracker Barrel? Do you go to Perkins? Do you like go to the old Campbell Soup Building or something like that? Pimenti Brothers? <laughs> like, what is Necro Butcher? I do like Ronnie like? Brothers. I, I do like Ronnie Brothers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I mean, well, pandemic. Uh, the pandemic has given us DoorDash. So now you have so many, so many options, you know, uh, you know, I, I live in a little town. Sometimes after eight o'clock, there might be maybe three or four DoorDash options. You know, I got out there in LA, I get tired of scrolling. There'll be so many options. I can just my hotel room and have all these food delivered. So I'm a, I'm a, bit, I'm a DoorDash junkie. That's awesome. I wish they could like, I wish we had like overnight DoorDash so I could order like Cracker Barrel to come here or like Pimenti Brothers with like coleslaw, uh, pastrami fries, yeah. like everything. Because they used to ship White House subs from Jersey to here a long time ago. I don't know if they do it anymore. Uh, has the pandemic affected you in any way, shape or form, like negatively, you think, or anything positive that came out of it? Like everything got everyone got something out of it somehow. Well, actually, uh I, when I went into remission, uh, I questioned my remission a lot more than I questioned the cancer in the first place. I couldn't understand why I got better the way I did. So I tried to think, well, what can I do? What can I do with this uh, second chance I've got? And I actually ended up working at a nursing home for a year. And I was in the nursing home about 30 days before... COVID hit the nursing home. So I was there for that whole nasty experience. But the thing of it was, I saw exactly what this virus was and what it wasn't. You, you know, and it, it's just, I think, and as far as the, the pandemic goes, let's face it, nursing homes were ground zero for COVID deaths. You know, and then we had all, like, like we talked about, you know, all these, the Democratic governors that put the COVID patients inside the nursing homes. Like if you were a super villain, if you were a super villain and you wanted to kill as many people as you could, what would you do? You'd put them in the nursing home. And that's what they did. But I saw that, you know, I was still, I was still a chemo patient working with COVID patients and I never got it. I got it later after I quit. I got it. But I mean, you saw what this thing was and what it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. To explain to people. 
and you know, Lisa Facebook is arguing with you about it. You know, and all the all the things they told us: uh, get the vaccine, you won't catch it. Get the vaccine, you won't spread it. They they, they were arresting people for swimming in the ocean. You know, they were yeah. cutting down the basketball hoops in the playground to keep kids from playing basketball. Stay inside. All the things they told us were wrong. Everything they told us was wrong. But we're still buying into it because it let us play the victim. Yeah. And, you know, I feel as though during that whole time, nobody really pushed the um, pushed the agenda of being uh, healthy. So I was out every day in the street walking because there was no one outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was riding my motorcycle. Yeah. There's no traffic. You know, I was meeting, you know, I tried to I tried to date. <laughs> I was on Bumble and I was throwing off a Bumble uh, for something I wrote and someone got offended. I just basically, basically it said, um, if you ride a scooter and wear a man bun, swipe left because I already have a vagina. So they got offended by that. And I was, (laughs) I know, (laughs) but I went out every day. I was perfectly healthy. Uh, I had friends that were nurses during that time. And, uh, you know, they gave me a lot of very good information. I think I caught COVID once. But it was like three days. I was on my ass the second day. But the third day, I was yeah. up and out. I took zinc and I took uh, a Z-pack, everyone. I didn't take ivermectin. And I was completely fine. And with the vaccine, it was never, ever like a red thing or a blue thing. Because I have friends in classes that are far opposite of me that didn't want to take it because they uh, they were they didn't know what was in it. Then I had friends on the other side who may have taken it or not taken it. Because nobody knows what these are. I just don't like needles but I'll inject myself with HGH all day. Yes. Or vitamin <laughs> D. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do to stay healthy now? And I feel so bad that you're, I mean, you, you had, you had cancer and like, here you are in the ring. Okay. I just, I, I just, I don't know. Please take it easy. <laughs> no, I, I'm uh, I, I walk every day. I live weights only three days a week. I'm, I'm I'm too old to do lower body, so it's all I just do upper body. That's all. And I, I walk every day, and uh, I just you know, I was in a bed for eight months. You know, so how dare I not walk whenever I can? You know, I used to have to use a walker to go down the hallway to piss. You know, so I'm just and that's the thing with wrestling. How how dare I complain? I'm having such a good time. I never thought any of this was ever going to happen. So I'm just, you know, give me the big guys that want to throw down, and I'll, and I'll see, we'll see, we'll see what we got. You know, look with the, look at that monster they're going to put me with in New Jersey for crying out loud. Yeah, you know the, the, the PCO. He's a he's a he's a legitimate legitimate monster, like a real like a, monsters are real, and I'm going to meet him in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm so scared. You can use my Singapore cane if you want. Yeah, it'd be it would really be cool. <laughs> I mean, we XPW, you're a great heel. I think Drake's going to be an amazing heel as well, for sure. You guys would be awesome together. If you ever had a tag team partner, that that would be like my dream would be him because it's just perfect. Oh, me too. Making wrestling a great again, I think, 100%. (laughs) Yes. I I don't know what this looks like, so we'll we'll, we'll see what's going on. Yeah. I actually have him on my other show um, next week, so I'll find out more. Yeah, it's been crazy to keep me busy with all this stuff. I never thought wrestling, this would be my life now, is XPW, which is great. I'm grateful for that and the fans and for Rob. And then acting and then just podcasting because I fucking hate electronics. And half the time I just want to smash them. Yes. But anywho, (laughs) so do you have any messages for your fans? And most of all, where can people find you if they want to see your schedule? Oh, uh, well, let's see. I'll be, I'll be in, I'll be, well, I'll be going to two Cardinals games next week. So I'll be available next week. But uh, the, the 7th of October, I'll be wrestling in Detroit for a horror slam. And then we have the, uh, the turn of death for CZW, which I think is October 29th. And then uh, October, October 22nd, that's right for uh, XPW. Also, I forgot. And then XPW again uh, in New Jersey on uh november 12th but, you know i'm uh i'm no spring chicken so i'm not trying to get out there and uh wrestle two or three times a week like i used to any time off in between do you have merchandise people can buy because i think you should have a really cool show no. <laughs> you don't have merchandise my <laughs> god really. jesus no. <laughs> no, i feel no. like we just have to set never you up did. Never like did. Someone. Never yeah did. we got someone that'll make a t-shirt of you 
and sell it for you and just send you the check. I feel that's what, that's where you need to be right now. So, um, yeah, guys, if anyone listening out there would like to make a Necrovircher shirt, which I encourage someone to do and, you know, give him the money, obviously, because it's his likeness that you're using. Let us know, like, seriously. And what are your social? I, I'm just I'm beside myself. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. What are your social media handles? <laughs> uh, I mess around with Facebook, but that's it. And the only reason I ever even got on Facebook because there was a fake me. So I had to like make an account and send a picture of my ID and all, all this silly stuff. So I, I'm on Facebook, but I, I don't mess with anything else, you know. Uh, I, I use YouTube and Twitter, but I don't post anything. So uh, I, I post things on, on Facebook, but just mostly things to either amuse me or up liberals. That's those are my, two, my hobbies. Oh my god, I love it. Um, maybe I'll run for city council or something in your town, uh, and you'll win. Uh, I can't vote for you though because yeah. I'm all the way out here, but maybe we can mail it in. So, anywho, anyone wishing to check out Necro Butcher, go ahead and meet him in a Cardinals game. Buy him a beer, buy him lunch, buy him dinner. Yes. Shit. Right, exactly. Yes. And then yes, uh, yes, yes. just buy, do it. And then we have um, we have Detroit. Uh, you have a Detroit date, October. No, October or September. October, you have Detroit. You've got um, uh, it's XPW, October 22nd. CZW, the 29th, and then back at XPW Wrestling, November 12th in New Jersey for our New Jersey debut, which I really would love to see everyone at. I'd love to see all the fans there. But uh, thank you so much for being a part of the crazy train today. Anytime. Anytime. It's it's great to finally meet you. We've we've been in the same world for so long, but it has never lost. So it's nice to talk to you out in California. Maybe we'll we'll talk more in a different state. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast. Take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast. That's with a K on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content.